Chiefs Bengals game. Other than I guess if I if I were obligated to pick something, I would say over because the numbers come down a ton. Because I think everyone's worried about Mahomes' ankle, which is probably fine. But I mean, I don't. What's the worst thing that happens? He just scrambles less and throws more. Like okay, that's fine. I, I don't think that's bad if you want to bet an over. Right. I mean, yeah. It's still, Patrick Mahomes throwing that's- the football. No, I mean, I'm I'm mildly concerned about the high ankle sprain. It's normally like a three-week injury or so. Like, there's definitely a part of me that has concerns about Mahomes, but I still think it's a high-scoring game as well. But I like the Bengals to win even more now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, but... You could probably make an argument that if somebody on your team has to have a high ankle sprain, the quarterback is going to be the one that's going to be debilitated the least. Yeah, probably. Um, I guess. After your kicker. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a counter argument. Like, like, I feel like everybody else has to routinely do things at full speed or with, like, full force involving, like, planning and changing directions. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Lyman and co., you're going to need... Yeah, I mean, you can't... You're not blocking a 280-pound guy if you can't put a full weight on your ankle. Like, Right, yeah. Yeah, especially the monsters in today's NFL. Yeah. Oh, fuck, Billy Packer died? I don't even know who the fuck Billy Packer is. Yeah, you do, man. He's a college basketball announcer. I don't know college basketball announcers, man. Well, I can tell you this. If you heard his voice, you you would absolutely recognize I'd be like, I'm sure, I'm, that's probably fair. He probably has one of the like most iconic <sighs> voices in the, the college basketball announcing world. Announcing world. <laughs> just a world where a world just, of announcers. Everyone's just announcing stuff all the time. <laughs> and I've just finished taking my first shit of the morning. Dave, back to you. I do declare. Hey, Dave. Yeah, it's good to have you back in the studio once again after that big, enormous drop of dues that you just laid there. Oh, that- boy. Make sure to give the double flush next time. It is smelling bad out here. Thanks. Chuck, back to you. Thanks, Tom. I feel like the thanks, Tom, was like a very underrated part. Do they still do? Thanks, Tom. Uh, do they still have the reporters in South Park ever? Uh, no, you don't really see those characters anymore. Uh, they actually make a good appearance in the one of the two video games. You, They use the reporters pretty well in the video games. Okay. I never, I never finished the second one. I don't know why. It's funny. I, uh... There's things I like more about the first, and there's things I like more about the second... I'm hoping the third is kind of like a hodgepodge of the two. I didn't even know they were making a third. Oh, yeah. So part of their contract. So Trey and Matt, a year, year, uh, probably two years ago now, really, because time has no fucking meaning since, like, 2019. <sighs> um, part of their con, they signed a six-year, $900 million contract that included six 10-episode seasons of South Park, Five made for Paramount Plus specials, which they finished most of now, and two video games. So, obviously, so after the first one? After the first two. So, there's two more video games to come still on that contract. The, the, th- the next one is 
probably still like a year plus away. But yeah, it's coming. And I'm I'm I've been also hoping that their portrayal of Mickey Mouse winds up being one of the big villains at some point cuz that shit's so funny. That should have already happened. I'm actually kind of surprised that hasn't happened. And yeah, he wasn't in either of the two video games thus far. So I'm feeling like we're due for that Mickey Mouse to wind up in one of these video games. Who else has not made an appearance? I feel like uh PC principal. He wasn't around yet, right? Uh, he's in the second game. He is. Yeah, but he's like he uh, he teaches you how to be PC, and then anytime someone makes a microaggression, you basically just get like a bonus hit if you press A in time. <laughs> someone will be like, "You hit like a girl," and it'll be like microaggression, hit him, and you just get to like walk up and punch him real quick for making microaggressions, because it's not PC, bruh. It's classic. That's really funny. Sixty-nine office. He was giving them the business. They are surprised when people in Seattle don't want to eat squirrel parmesan. I legit free ball, man. Shut that's, up. that's awesome. It's the best. Bojack horse mom. I like your level of enthusiasm about Natalie and Buglia. Your preference would be just like a bunch of people like quietly farting on you. If you travel back in time, don't bang your mom. My feelings are in my socks. <laughs> You start your life pissing and shitting. Yourself, the circle of life is massive. And then you don't for a long time. And then you reach a point where, again, you're pissing and shitting yourself. Yeah. I would woof morning wood at this guy every single day. I wipe my own ass. I wipe my own ass. Can I not get the Swedish chef as my quarterback? Silent, deadly butts. Tickles and tickles. Then boom, we're live in action. We're here, here in we the are. underground. We're D2 and B2 Sports. I don't, I don't know why I threw the and in the middle. Just D2, B2. Yeah, for the record, no if you're and. trying to find us, there is no and. No and. No and for sand. Ooh, no and for sand, yeah. Uh, I like that. That's one of my favorite weird symbols on, like, the keyboard. The and for sand? Yeah. What? It's okay. Cool, this, it's a cool looking one. Well, here's the, here's the ultimate question. What's your second favorite? keyboard Ooh, symbol great question let me take a look at my keyboard here so you, you can't have a very strong opinion then if you had just look I at did, the symbols I, I didn't say i had a strong opinion about it i just said i had an opinion about it um after the ampersand i think i would go with either the at symbol for emailing and whatnot or the little star that people use like to be like correction on their text these days so i like i utilize the star i do too a lot yeah because I'd be fucking up on my texting a lot. Yeah, not necessarily for the correction, but for uh, I have a terrible tendency of like texting in like outline form. Usually texting to myself things that I don't want to forget, which I do routinely. Ah, nice. Most people would just use some other function on their phone, like a notepad. But yeah, I just no, use I the just notepad rip on my phone. texts to myself all the time. Solid, healthy conversations with oneself. <laughs> it's good. You got to stay in touch with yourself, man. That's important. More important than touching yourself. I don't. I don't know if it's more important than touching yourself. I'm going to say not. equally important as touching yourself. Might even be a distant second. They're cousins. Much they're, like they're the star adjacent. is a distant second to the ampersand. Is it ampersand or ampersand? I always no. thought it was with a p. I, I thought, thought it was, was ampersand. I thought it was ph, like fat. 
Oh, pretty hot and tempting? Yeah. Nice. Uh, a, a pretty hot ampersand? I would be willing to bet that you are correct on this. <laughs> I, I think I am. I, was, I wasn't, I was like, supremely confident, but I'm, I'm mildly confident. I'm just going to concede because I have zero confidence whatsoever. Nice. Well, let us know in the comments or on Twitter if uh, which one of us has it right. If you're an English person out there, you got that sweet, sweet grammar skill, also, let us know. If we happen to come up with anything more stimulating than this... I would prefer if you were to comment on that on our No, Twitter. exclusively comment on the ampersand or ampersand yeah. debate. No other debates, actually. I don't care about any of the rest of the gambling talk we're about to lay down. Only this. Also, if you find nothing else in this in this podcast to be more stimulating than the ampersand, just give us another shot next week. Anyway, don't yeah. give up yet. Don't give up yet. Don't ever. Jimmy V style. Do not give up. Don't ever give up. Well, welcome to D2B2 Sports, y'all. I am Derek Weber. Derek. Derek. That right there sitting across from me, but being heard next to me through the speakers, through the magic of, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but Nick Sager. Hey, Nicky, cover Winkler in bees. I really don't know where I was going with that. It would be kind of sweet if we could, like... Does this technology exist? This is going to get out of hand already. Is there technology that where you... Well, there has to be because it works for, like, surround sound. But would we have the ability to, like, turn ourselves into surround sound? So, like, say you're you're listening in a car. It just sounds like one of us comes through the back left speaker and the other one through the back right speaker. Like, we're just in the back seat, like, rambling at you while you're driving your car. Because that shit would be sweet. So, I don't, I don't know how I'd be able to do it to, like, the back seat specifically. But I could make, like, myself primarily left and you primarily right. Like, I, I could control the side of which each of our voices come to, to a scale. The problem is, with our device here... We're both on one channel. Once I get a nicer mixer down the road, we'll each have our own channel. Then I could really go nuts with it. <laughs> I, this is a fun idea. I like this idea. Just a whole episode where it just sounds like we're on the two sides of you. Yeah, like, but the, no, but then like halfway through, we would like just uh, just switched without <laughs> notifying anybody to like if someone's in the car, they're like, what the fuck? Ha- what? <laughs> How come they're on different sides now? <laughs> Yeah. No, that's fun. We can do that for sure, buddy. I go this way, you go this way. I go this way, you go this way. (laughs) But I'm pumped, man. It's fucking championship weekend. I am pumped. I'm also a little bit bummed because as of this moment, right now, there are three football games remaining this year. Yeah. No, that's a sad part. True. It's a little bit of a bummer. But But the XFL's right around the corner. XFL, USFL, there's going to be some... We're probably going to have to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, no, we're going to dabble with the other football leagues for sure. Predominantly draft talk is probably what we're going to be doing. I mean, draft talk, NBA talk, college hoops talk, going to get into some puck. Uh, I've got a friend of mine named Brad, actually two friends of mine named Brad and Heather, who both work with the NHL designing goalie pads and whatnot. And uh, we're going to get them on and talk about their job in the industry, which will be a pretty neat conversation sometime in February. So keep your ears peeled for that, D2B2 listeners. But let's burp into the microphone real quick. I'll just do that. I did it now. And then we can start the show. So give us another outtake. We'll now have two outtakes of you burping into the microphone. Yeah, but maybe I'll keep this one. I don't know. Did I keep the, the first last one, one? Was, was Attack of the Belch. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got it on the backlog. 
Let's do it, man. Let's talk Jeez, about how was your How was your uh, your week last week? My week was solid, man. I went three and one. I also went three and one. Nice. Hell yeah. My uh, my lone miss was the uh, G-Men Philly over, and that's because your Giants only scored seven points. Yeah, they did not hold up their end They of the just bargain. got one more touchdown, 38-14. I'm home free. Yeah. I was uh, over 49 and a half was the number I was targeting. I even dragged that one slightly, if you recall. I do, But yes. for the record, I still I would have missed by a half point had I not dragged. Fair. It was right there. But, yeah, if the, if the G-Men hadn't just choked on their own phalluses so hard. Everything. They choked on. Just it, choked on whatever was there. Everything in sight. If, they, if it was present, they could choke on it. Uh, but, no, I got my Jags plus nine. I even called how that would go down. It was more or less going to be a backdoor cover. It was going to be a game they were losing more convincingly. Yep. Got one last score in, made it a seven-point game. That was actually my exact prediction. Came to fruition. Uh, Bengals plus five and a half. Made it home thanks to a 99-yard fumble return touchdown. No, 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 no. That was two weeks ago, man. The Bengals won handily last week, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. You're right. That was... They were... They were... Yeah. The Bengals whooped that ass on Buffalo they last were, week. Sorry, they, yeah. They were in control the in, entire game. Yeah. Unreal. Uh, what a wild game. And then uh, my 49ers win both halves. Prop bet. Made it home on that bad boy. Did that make it home, even though they only won by seven points? Yeah, they, but they won both Oh, halves. because that fucker missed another extra point. Yeah, dog. That's a, ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd, but I'm here. I did it. Plus 235 for uh, yep, having the lead at both halves. I, you know what's amazing about this is, if I remember correctly, I think at one point I said that I, I would be very entertained if you lost this bet because the Cowboys just went for two instead of kicking extra points, and instead they did kick an extra point and... Well, it, it, it's funny because he it, made like three field goals in that game but I know, couldn't make his extra point. What, what's hilarious about this is that the, it, <laughs> the extra point got blocked, right? That's but right. I forgot. This guy, this poor fucking guy, I can almost guarantee you right now that, that Brett Maher is the only kicker in the history of football to have an extra point get blocked and then have the analysts do a deep dive into whether or not it would have gone in if it hadn't gotten blocked. <laughs> Did that happen? Yeah. This was Man. like a, a this was like a, a 90 second conversation where they're like looking at it from different angles, trying to determine if it was going to be shanked or not. I did not have the sound on on that game. I, I had the game on. I was doing other things auditorily. And it would have been shanked. And <laughs> it would have been shanked. You're probably right about that. Man, uh, that's got to be tough going into an entire offseason coming off of the worst case of the yips you've ever experienced in your life. Like, I feel for Brett Maher, man. That's tough. I don't feel for him that much, but I do feel for him. It's a tough break when you catch those yip 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 yips. Yip 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 yips. Do you think that that's his favorite Muppet? The yip yips? Yeah. Probably least favorite. Yeah, it's least favorite. I want to throw out the best case of the yips ever, and I don't have fantastic numbers on this right now, but I don't know. I don't think you remember this, but there was a guy who was a, a very good pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals in the late 90s. And then I think in the year 2000, he caught a, he caught a case of the Yips uh, pitching where he was like, I mean, this was like unprecedented. Like this guy would like, he was throwing, he was throwing balls into the, the, the backstop, into the net. Like, I mean, this guy was like missing the catcher's mitt by 12, 13 feet. Like unbelievably bad. Wow. 
And then about three or four years later, he just turned into a power-hitting right fielder. What? He never, ever figured out how to pitch again, like, without the, it was without the yips. It was, I mean, like, he, I, he didn't, he, he made attempts at coming back as a pitcher, and they it just, like, he couldn't shake it, right, no matter what. Like, I'm sure there were sports psychologists involved and God knows what all. And then in, in the year 2008, he hit 25 home runs. That's fucking crazy. That's one of the weirder sports stories I've ever heard. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, no, I knew nothing about this guy until this moment. And yeah, I uh, over or under $200,000 was spent on trying to figure out what was wrong with this guy. Between sports psychologists and uh, other means. God, I, I couldn't even try to guess. I don't, I don't have any idea. Yeah, sure it was. It was a gobs of money, tremendous amount, wowzers. And then he's just like, "No, I can just hit for twenty eight homers and uh, just play right field over here." Yeah, just throw me in right. Just throw me in right. It's fine. No big. You deal. know I've got an arm. Yeah I, can, yeah, I mean, you know I can throw. Yeah, I don't need I don't need balls accurate. As long as right I'm throwing, field, I just yeah. got to be like get it way over, get the ball way over there. It's not a big deal if I'm only, if I'm only throwing sixty feet. We got some serious issues. But if you want me to throw at two hundred and sixty, I'll get it there. <laughs> I'll fucking get it there, son. That is. Indeed, a crazy fucking case of the yips, no question. Well, let's talk about the action. So, obviously, that uh, that Philly G-Men ass whooping happened. <coughs> what do you think about Philly now after that game? Because you and I both expressed some concerns about Jalen Hurts and his shoulder and all that. Do you think this is more a story about Philly and being as dominant as their record shows in the NFC? Or do you think this is a story about the Giants maybe at having a little bit of fool's gold getting as far as they did or maybe a case of both i i do want to talk about this a good bit did i, I how much did my coughing spell throw us into a crux did you go through all four of your plays i, I had made it through my fourth play before you got to the spell the before everything spell. went so, yeah. downhill yep so I, I gave him my my four play breakdown i went three and one Oh yeah, we didn't give him your plays. I'm yeah, sorry. let me let me, let me break off mine break him quick. off and then just transition that philly g-man game for me do it I was uh I was also three and one, uh the the only side that I played San Fran minus three and a half, seven point victory. I think that game probably was a little bit closer than what the final score looked like. To my surprise, I thought that San Fran was going to be a lot more dominant from an effort standpoint. Uh, Jalen Hurts rushing under that got home pretty easily. It, it helped that. In terms of my prop, it helped that Philly went up so much immediately that they really could go to a more conservative approach. That's clearly not going to involve a guy with a bad shoulder scrambling. Devin Singletary rushing under, that was never in doubt either. I, I mentioned that I was, really all I had to do was just dodge one big play for him as he was getting phased out of the offense, and he's not much of a big play guy. And that, that pretty much worked out almost exactly as I, uh, as I had hoped. Uh, Christian Kirk receiving over was the only one that I missed. However, for what it's worth, which really isn't much for my pocket, but uh, from an analysis standpoint, if you recall, what I said I thought was going to happen was that we discussed how often Christian Kirk lines up in the slot, and I thought that the way to attack the Kansas City offense was going to be over the middle. Well, Christian Kirk's caught seven passes on 14 targets, but those 14 targets somehow only turned into 56 yards, which is, I think that's just bad luck, quite frankly. 
Yeah, I'd say that's uh, a I'm bit sorry. of bad, a tinge of bad luck. 52 yards, I should say. He did score, but... So we, we came up about uh, 16 yards short there. So three and one. Solid week. Hopefully we can run it back. If you want to cruise right into the Philly Giants game, I don't know if I want to pinpoint that this was more about one side or the other. I think it, I, I think it, was, it was both. I think that the... Uh, you know, I, I mentioned last week that I was excited about seeing what the Giants offense was doing, but they also don't get to play the Vikings every week. I think you, I said that almost word for word. That was verbatim your major point. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we definitely saw a, a, a big difference in, in what they were able to do, partially because of good scheming and good talent on the defensive side of the field for Philly, and also because, I mean, the Giants need weapons, right? There's no denying that that Daniel Jones needs weapons. It's going to be interesting what they do from a salary cap perspective because I believe the Giants have the second most cap space going into next year. I think only the Bears have more cap space. But they also have intentions of trying to retain both Saquon and Daniel Jones, which will probably, I would assume, that will eat up about 70% of their free cap space. I think they have $59 million. That will probably come out to 40 to 42 on an annual basis. I think that's a fair, if not slightly conservative guess. So now you don't have a whole lot left. You're going to free some up uh, by cutting Kenny Galladay. But there aren't any good receivers to sign. Like all the good would-have-been free agent wide receivers all got traded and then extended. Like either late in the free agency period of last year or during the fucking NFL draft of last year, right? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So it seems reasonable to think that they, they use their first-round pick on a wide receiver, and there should be some good ones available at 25. But it, it, I don't know how much that's going to help immediately. So, you know, the, the things they did this year are encouraging. I think that the, the, the moves they've made both on the offensive line and the defensive line are going in the right direction. But they are uh, clearly a couple legs behind Philly across the board. This Philly team that if not for two guys being on IR when the Pro Bowl eligibility announcements happened, which disqualifies you from even being eligible, uh, would have had 18 eligible Pro Bowl players. Now, I don't give a fuck about the Pro Bowl, but it is an interesting metric of talent. They have 16 guys that were Pro Bowl nominations. Yeah, that's a mind-boggling number. Well, yeah, listen to like this one. Darius Slay was technically on the IR at the time, so he was ineligible, but definitely would have been. Oh, God. Like, it's, this, this, this team is deep and fucking good, but is also right in the crux of their win-now bubble because Jalen Hurts about to get paid, and that's going to change the whole equation when you go from that rookie co- QB contract into paying your quarterback. Yep, you're going to have to let some of that talent go to make room for that. So this is like this is the Philly window right here. Well, I mean, a lot of the guys they acquired this past offseason are very high-impact players that are on short-term, high-dollar-amount deals. James Bradbury, uh, Hassan Reddick, those are all guys that aren't going to be tied up for a long amount of time. That they're probably not going to be able to retain. I agree. No, That's why I'm saying, like, Philly, all the pressure is on for Philly in this game right here because the metrics change a shit ton going into next year for you. Um, I heard this. 
I'm completely stealing this 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 tidbit I'm about to throw at you. I heard I've listened to this this morning on the uh, the SGPN uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and this is a, an astonishing figure. But in the NFL, the entire NFL, there are 20 offensive linemen that had at least 550 pass block attempts. Right, so 20 offense or, or 20 offensive linemen that were on the field when a quarterback dropped back to pass that allowed. One or fewer sacks. So 20 guys in the entire NFL, four of them play for the Eagles. So 20% of those 20 guys. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, which is also 80% of their offensive line allowed one or fewer sacks. That's fucking crazy. On 550 pass attempts. That's fucking crazy. So that tells you two things. First, it tells you that they're immensely (laughs) talented, but it also tells you that they were healthy the entire year too, right? Yep. Which is a, I mean, it, 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 it's symbolic of a little bit of luck, right? Injuries are, are a luck-based thing. But it also displays that they have a lot of continuity because they've had the, uh, the ability to play together all year long, which is a good thing moving forward, right? Very good thing, man. And, uh, but that's a ridiculous stat. <laughs> and so that's a pretty ridiculous stat for sure. This Philly team, I have continued to sleep on them. And this weekend definitely has awakened me to them, if you will. If I, if I was using the metaphor that I was sleeping on them, I'm awake now. Well, I mean, we, to be fair, we were all over them in the preseason, right? You and I were both both big, big proponents of them winning the division at plus money. Plus yeah, we were all over that, for sure. And that was, yeah. a, that was a, a cakewalk. I knew they were going to be good. A cakewalk in the best division in football, it turned out, which that part was surprising. <sighs> that was not on my radar. But... Um, yeah, I mean, while I was not remotely surprised by the fact that they won the division, I, I, did, I can't say that I thought they were going to be this good. No, I also didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, it's Jalen Hurts MVP, right? Like, I, I was a Mahomes guy right up to the end of the season, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm on the Jalen Hurts MVP campaign this well, year. Well, I, I don't know. I think, I think Mahomes is actually probably more likely to win MVP because the – Sports writers, play season, uh, postseason performance is not supposed to impact you, right? So, and this is a this is a silly thing, but he's probably going to get punished for the fact that he missed some games at the end of the year. So it's it's a weird thing because I, while I understand a guy getting penalized from a voting aspect, but of the three games they lost this year, two of them were in games he didn't play, which like legitimately just shows that he's more valuable. Yeah, no, he was. <laughs> He as a quarterback was thirteen and one this season. Yeah, yep, <laughs> real good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's between those two though. I uh, I I love that Justin Jefferson's one of the finalists just because like it's cool to even see a non quarterback get nominated at this point. Right. But like, no, it's it's Hurts or Mahomes to me. I think it's Mahomes because this is not a knock on Jalen Hurts, but. Think about how good Mahomes is, and then think about how much better he would have been if he had A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith instead of Juju and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. And Kelsey. Yes, but I think He does that... have the single most unique weapon in the NFL, who, as we've talked about repeatedly on this show, is induplicable. I do not acknowledge that as a word, but... That uh, is a real word. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear to God, induplicable. Okay, then I'm impressed that you came up with it. Um... While I, I completely think that you're correct, I think the difference between, and this 
you might disagree with me, but I think the difference between Kelsey and Dallas Goddard is a smaller disparity than that of the tandem of receivers that the Eagles had compared to the tandem of receivers that the Chiefs have. That's probably a fair argument. Even if you only do it because it's two players instead of one player. Even if you only look at it that way. It's a tremendously fair argument. I, I do agree with you in the end. I just uh, it is it is noteworthy that Mahomes has thus far through his career has had one of the most insane freak weapons of his of his generation. That being said, uh, he now had to do it without Tyreek Hill this year and still flourished. And I think that says a ton about Mahomes. Like, here's here's a here's a good stat for you. That is. It's emblematic of, of how good Patrick Mahomes is and how talented he is and how able he is to make things work with maybe a smaller talent pool. How many position players would you guess the Kansas City Chiefs have this year that put up over 100 yards of offense and multiple touchdowns? Not in a game, but over the course of a season. Over 100 yards of offense and multiple touchdowns. Throughout the course of this season? Yeah. Let me do some mental counting real quick. I'm going to go with eight. It's 12. Fuck me. I know. All right. I just realized I left Byron. Oh, he's not even there anymore. He plays for the Bears. He's he's terrible. And on the Bears. Uh, No, I. Fuck. But yeah. That's a lot. I have 12. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's a lot to say 100 yards and multiple touchdowns, but no, I mean, that's it, a lot. That, that turns into 24 touchdowns yeah. when you start getting like that many guys. It, it's a pretty staggering stat. It's a weird stat, but it, it's, it's a weird but uh, interesting stat for sure. I um, like that stat. I think that probably the, the biggest thing that I took away from that game, and I don't know what... <laughs> This is interesting because it, it goes completely against what I'm saying about how good Patrick Mahomes is. Completely against it. But I, it, when he tweaked his ankle before coming back in the game, Chad Henney came on the field and immediately led them on a 98-yard drive where it looked like the Chiefs weren't really afraid to do anything different. I mean, they were throwing from their own end zone. They, 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 were, they didn't really tone down their offensive attack that much. Chad Henney, most slept on <laughs> backup quarterback in the league, no, son. Fuck. <clears throat> the hen dog. No, I love Ch- I, I, I love that Chad Henney got to have that drive. I like that Chad Henney now has one of the longest touchdown drives in playoff it's, history. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's awesome. Good for Chad Henney. I love that the crowd was chanting <laughs> his name. It's like, right up uh, there with John Elway. Yeah, right. Yeah, Chad Henney and John Elway. <laughs> I know when I think of John Elway, I usually think of Chad Henney right afterwards. Natural progression. Natural yeah. progression. I just get there quick enough. It's just the way my brain operates. But, no, that was cool to see. But I don't, like, if Mahomes had to miss this weekend, I wouldn't rely on that being sustainable across a game. I think good, a good script and a solid offense can at least get you one Really good drive, but I'm not sure Henny would have done that much more in the rest of that game had he had to play it. No, I don't. I'm not saying that at all. I guess all that I'm saying is that I was I was a little bit surprised that they they were not more conservative. It was just like we're just gonna do what we do and see what happens. Sure, hell yeah. <clears throat> Playing against the Jags does allow one a little bit of that liberty, but it's uh no, it was it was very cool to see. I I enjoyed that little stretch of time that Henny was in the game. I'm scale of one to ten. I'm like a solid seven for the Chiefs with this Mahomes injury. Like 
a sub 100% Mahomes, I have a tough time seeing them beating the Bengals. And coming uh, in my bracket that I predicted weeks ago, I had this Bengals-Chiefs matchup in the AFC Championship, yeah, yeah. and I had the Chiefs advancing. I'm not that confident in that anymore. So are you saying you're a – what do you mean you're a solid seven for the Chiefs? I'm a solid seven in concern for the Chiefs. Okay. Like a seven out of ten is my concern level if I was to, like – Got it. Scale it. I yeah. may have just missed you say the word concern. I might have just not said it and only been thinking it. We but made yeah, it. We, we made got it there. here. Got there, folks. I Doing know. it. Broadcasting. I'm on the same page. Uh, this is going to be. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm. I'm big time looking forward to this game. I. Uh, I think my favorite quote. There's been a lot of good quotes this week. My, I'll tell you what, I'll make it my two favorite quotes because they actually directly impact the, the Bengals-Chiefs game. My second favorite quote was after the uh, Bengals beat the Bills in very convincing fashion in a game where it looked like Buffalo didn't understand how to play in snow, which is bizarre. Very uh, staggering. It, it, Joe Burrow's, like, it, really, like, the only, like, jab or hot take or confidence boosting statement that Joe Burrow had was you guys better get your refunds for like all the Bills fans that bought tickets to what what would have been the game in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh my favorite quote was Andy Reid who when asked about the fact that uh Cincinnati had beaten them three times in a row and Joe Burrow was undefeated against Patrick Mahomes or against Kansas, well probably Andy Reid, Kansas City for that matter in his career he pretty much said, yeah, I know they've won three in a row, but now we only need to win one in a row. Great quote. Which is just like a good way of saying, like, what the fuck does that matter? Like, yeah. That, <laughs> All of that is irrelevant now. Like, it's, it's relevant to us, the fans and, the, and the, buddy, the betting public, but, like, those guys in that locker room don't give a shit about that meeting earlier this year or about the playoffs last year. Like, it's now. It's here. It's present. Outside of what I just said, involving the the fact that it looked like Buffalo didn't know how to play in snow, you have any takes from that football game, the Bengals-Bills game? I mean, it was flooring to watch Buffalo choke in the snow like that. It was unsurprising and exciting to watch Joe Burrow just be Mr. Cool, Calm, and Collected. It, it was, was unsurprising like, to me. Same, man. This, this dude is... Well, this dude is a, just a fucking winner, man. He's a gamer. He's got that shit in his blood. Joe Burrow's 33-11 and 11 against the spread in games. This last part is a little bit interesting, but not really when you think about how many games end in backdoor covers. But Joe Burrow's 33-11 and 11 against the spread in his career in games when the Bengals are either underdogs or favored by less than a touchdown. Once you get to, like, them, they're favored by 11 points against garbage teams, he's not as good at ATS. But I don't really give a shit about that. I also <laughs> don't really give a shit about that. Yeah, so you only beat a team by 9 instead of the projected 13. I'm not going to be uh, like, oh. Yeah. I will say, there's a, a couple different things. We talked about all the injuries on the, the Bengals' offensive line, and that was a big thing that everybody was talking about leading up to the game. But I think think it's fair to say that the snow helped make that less problematic. Oh, yeah. The line battles are just more tricky across the board, including for defenders trying to get past. Well, that's the thing is if the defenders have less agility in a bunch of snow and shit, right? Like, so I, I think that that helped them a little bit. 
which is fine, but it's worth noting. Of note for show. Uh, yeah, no, my biggest takeaway is the continued growth. I don't even want to say growth. The continued displaying of the cool factor of Joe Burrow. Have you seen any of this? This is oh, I- and, uh, and one more thing. I know the snow helps in this regard, but... This Bengals defense is better than people give it credit for. I don't like, it absolutely is. Their like, defensive I, line is very, very good. Yeah, like it's, it's not an elite defense in the league per se, but like this is a very good defense, a very capable group overall, and I don't think they're discussed that much <clears throat> amongst the league's good defenses because the offense is so exciting to talk about. Are you familiar with the worst take anybody has made from the divisional round of the playoffs, which is – in a completely unbelievable fashion, something that has a lot of popularity. I'm all, I'm all ears. Hit me with it. Have you seen any of this talk about Demar Hamlin being a clone? <laughs> no, no, I have not seen any talk about Demar Hamlin being a clone. This is a legit thing that people are like hypothesizing that Demar Hamlin, who was at the Bills game against the Bengals last week, was not in fact him, but. A clone of Demar Hamlin. Jesus, what the fuck? Yeah, I wonder how. What I have all the questions. Fill in the who, what, where, when, why for me. Uh, there was a lot. How. There was a lot about the fact that he, uh, like, you never actually saw him. He like always had like a big hoodie on, and like his face was covered. Um. <laughs> uh, there was a. Uh, oh, there was something about the fact that. Uh, he didn't. He didn't have the opportunity to speak much, but when he did, like his speech patterns weren't necessarily in sync with what his speech patterns were prior to having a heart attack a couple of weeks earlier. Fucking internet is wild. Oh, man. there was something about he put his hands up and like, uh, like he he made a, a like a hand gesture like in the shape of a diamond, which like represents like the new world order. Like this shit got so out of control in a hurry. Internet, y'all are fucking wild. Just wild wasteland clone. out there. Damar Hamlin, the clone, heard. Good Lord, man. Like, can you imagine, like, I don't have any clue where we are in the scientific world in terms of progress in cloning human beings. I know they cloned a sheep at one point, didn't they? A sheep was cloned. Yeah, that happened. Dolly. The sheep's name was Dolly. I was like, so this happened in like 96 or so. It was a long ass time ago. I was like nine at the time. And I thought it was so fucking interesting. I'm kind of curious that. And then it just like disappeared. Did we just stop trying to do it? Like, why aren't we trying to clone more shit? We stopped at sheep and said, oh, we cloned Dolly. That was good enough. Now we know how to make sweaters. Let's just, let's just put it in the backpack for a while. We'll, we'll get back to it in a couple decades. Do you think that the people who are running the cloning uh, research were, in fact, just a sweater company so they That's accomplished it. their mission? So, like, yeah, yeah, we don't have any further research to do. We've got unlimited wool now. We're banana, good. banana Republic is behind the entire thing. Yeah, like, and then the research just stopped because it didn't need to go further. We all thought that they were doing the research to eventually advance it to humans, and they were like, no, we never wanted to go that far. We just wanted the free wool. Well, I get, yeah, but, like, why? <laughs> Maybe to make clones of George Washington's teeth. Need his wool. <laughs> But, like, why wouldn't you start cloning, like, cows so you can make leather? Wouldn't you do that, too? Well, see, that's where I think that maybe that's happening, and they just didn't show us that part of the research. All leather is cloned. Dolly was the cutest of the animals they cloned, so they showed the footage of her, and the rest was just like, oh, well, we'll just keep that part a secret for us. 
But can you imagine a world where like we have the ability to clone human beings and like the test run that we put it on is a NFL football player on the sideline of a playoff game after his real personality had a heart attack? Like, why would that be the one that you try to like show off? It's so ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, the the Demar Hamlin being a clone thing is the most ridiculous thing I've heard this football season. We'll try this. If we can get away with this, then we'll we'll try like politicians next. But if we can pull off Demar Hamlin, we've got a lot of we got a lot, that really opens the door. Yeah, it really for does more open than just wool. For more, much more than wool, for sure. Jesus. Uh, that's enough Buffalo Bills talk. Then uh, that's a, the Demar Hamlin clone note is a good one to transition off of. Cowboys 49ers game way closer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I I think that Dallas probably wins this game if they don't have your typical Mike McCarthy ridiculous game plan where they try to run the ball in what was the worst matchup on the field. Yeah, no, there's some of that. I mean, Dak threw two picks. Like that's obviously not going to help. Like he, he, giving the ball away twice against a team as talented as San Francisco is rarely going to end in a win for you. That final debacle of a play. Everyone's talked about that a million times over, so we don't need to go deep into that. I don't really that care about how... I also don't care about that that much because they, they, they were running a sub-1% success rate play no matter what they ran on that last play regardless. Yeah. Nothing was going to work. I would almost it's rather see you... Oh, it was hilarious, though. I really enjoyed just seeing Zeke alone under center there. <laughs> just like the... I would almost rather see you try something ridiculous and just like see what happens rather than like your your normal hook and ladder and ladder and ladder and ladder until there's nine laterals until somebody fumbles and an offensive line falls on it and then gets up and then fumbles again. Like I've seen that not work a hundred thousand times. Yeah, but that's just pretty fun though. I have a good time with it. I have fun. Yeah, but I thought the stupid thing that Dallas did was also fun to watch. Oh yeah, different reasons. But yeah. yes, no, I'm I'm grateful that Dallas ran that play. Like I said, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I had a great time. So as a spectator, thank you, Mike McCarthy, for that play call. Uh, and enjoy your first or second round playoff exit again next year. Yeah, I, uh, I typical, have... typical bad coaching by uh, by yeah. Mark McCarthy. Hopefully next year the Lions are the ones that get to knock the. Cowboys out of the playoffs in like week one or two. That's who the Lions beat the last time they won a playoff game. And it's who the Lions lost to the last time they lost a playoff game. Was that their last playoff game? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was two playoff games ago. I was thinking of the one with Stafford, Sue, and oh, I Calvin. Know, I know the one you're talking about. That, the, the, but they've the been co- to the playoffs the process. and lost once since then. That was the complete the process it was, game. Yeah. But uh, no, they've had another playoff loss since then. And I'm then sorry. the next week, there was another complete the process game when Des Bryant had a, a touchdown callback. Yep. That was also a touchdown for the record. Yeah. Wild, wild, wild west That's era a of the ridiculous NFL. Ridiculous transition. Uh, but yeah, I don't have too many thoughts on this Cowboys Niners game. 49ers looked human for the first time in a good while. Both their running backs got both their running backs got dinged up. I, right. I I'm curious how much that impacted what they were wanting to do. Sure, 100%. And uh it does show a thing that like Brock Purdy part of the success he's had is that they've been able to just carry these leads. So it's much easier to play quarterback when you're ahead than in a uh, than in a super tight game. Um, and so, yeah, he looked a little bit more human. Um, I'm still a fan of Brock Purdy out here doing Mr. Irrelevant things in the NFC Championship now. But, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see what Brock Purdy looks like in a tight matchup this whole game. So, all right, let's, let's use 
Well, what game do you want to talk about first? AFC or NFC? Oh, let's go NFC. We're already on the note of Brock Purdy. Perfect. Let's go. Let's start here. So let's transition in to the Eagles Niners game on the the topic of Brock Purdy. Perfect. Let's talk about you heard it with Purd. True or false? True. We're yeah. gonna have a <laughs> wrong. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um. We're going to have a good true or false segment coming at you guys in one of the next two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl as we are uh, trying to fill some of the void that we have due to the missing, uh, well, not the missing, but the lack of NFL games. But let's start with this. True or false, Brock Purdy is the opening day starter for the San Francisco 49ers next year. True. 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 I think this is his team now. True or false? Short of, like, if he plays, like, shit this weekend, maybe not. But, like, if he even plays moderately well, and even if they lose, I think it's his team. Okay. True or false? Trey Lance is still on the team. Opening day next year. Sitting behind Brock Purdy. False. Trey Lance is not on the team next year. They're in a position where they've got Jimmy Garoppolo under a paycheck. They've got a guy in-house that they can uh, ride out a rookie deal with. Oh, wait. They're going to have to pay Brock Purdy like, next year because it's like last-round pick is probably just a one-year deal, right? Does it have like a no, multi-year no, no, contract? No, 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 no. no, they will not need to pay him next year. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, false. Where is he? Ooh, great question. Uh, You know what? I'm going to say Indy. I'm going to say Indy's... After a few years in a row getting older guys and getting burned, goes out and spends a couple draft picks on a younger guy and gets burned. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is, is a free agent next year. He will not be on the – well, I guess he could be on the 49ers, but as of uh, this moment. I thought that was a two-year extension he signed this past year. No. I believe you, obviously. I just uh, – okay. All right. Then maybe he's still there. If Jimmy G can just go and they can just, like, have those two. I just didn't see a world where all three of those would be pieces they'd maintain. But uh, if it's Trey Lance and Brock Purdy in the house, maybe. I'm going to say he's either traded to Indy or stays in-house. True or false, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback of the Washington Commies next year. I was actually going to say that I feel like like Garoppolo to the Colts like is the one that makes sense. Garoppolo to the Colts definitely would. I mean, it would just be like a continuation like of what after the Colts you, have been doing. After you fuck up with Rivers, Wentz, and Matt Ryan, like run it back. Fuck it. Wicka, Keep wicka, it going. Wicka. Try Jimmy G this time. I mean, <laughs> of the two, yeah, I, the Colts actually does make more sense than the commies. Uh, no, I could see the commies going out and uh, – being in the Jimmy G talks, get pay, paying him 20 mil or so <laughs> for some reason. Commies. That feels like a commies move, so you know what? I'm going to say true. Sure. I'll play that game. Um, If I remember correctly, pre-production, you said that oh, we're going to give you two bets for each game this week. There's only two games. We've got two angles we're going to play in each game, four total. I believe you told me that you had two sides and two props, right? C. That is that is what I told you, and it's the truth. St- I, it's nice that you didn't mislead me before we started recording for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I do like to do that sometimes, though. I'm a, I'm a shyster. I like, I like to keep you on your toes, so sometimes I like to like alter what I tell you so that I can surprise you in the moment. But no, that was an accurate one. That is indeed what I have. 
Start with your your side on this game. Tell me tell me what side you like. Tell me why you like it. Also tell me what you're wearing. Well, I'm a rascal, so right now I'm just wearing work clothes. I've got an Arbor Brewing T-shirt. Very I've got an Ar- Arbor Brewing T-shirt, some jeggings on. And I, just, I, I wish I could find more goddamn jeggings that are loose like these and fit me. Are you under the impression that wearing your work clothes before you go to work is a rascalish? No, behavior? no, no. The rascal thing wasn't meant to relate to the work clothes question. It was more to relate to the sometimes I lie to you about what my takes are before we go on air thing. That part was more of me being a rascal. The work clothes <laughs> thing is kind of just me being, uh, you know, an adult where I got to go make money. Be it, yeah, being efficient. That's a good word. Uh, in this game, my line, I, uh, I, I took the over on this. Over 46 and a half. Really? I like this over. Philly's offense, fucking cruising. San Francisco, minus this past week, has been quite good. I think that if Philly even scores 30 instead of 38... San Fran scores at least twenty, and we're home. But uh, I, I think that I think this is a high shootout game. Lots of offense to be had. I mean, it's two amazing defenses, so that that part makes it interesting to make that call. But yeah, I'm going high scoring for the excitement, baby, for the thrills. This is one of those bets that I can definitely see myself losing comfortably, also. But I'd way rather shoot. I'd rather I'd way rather cheer for the points than not the points. I can get behind that. Um, well, I can get behind the latter part of what you said. I, I don't know that I'm very confident this game turns into a shootout. Uh, that being said, I, I just don't have a – I'm not disagreeing. I don't have a strong take on uh, total points. I do like A.J. Brown over 69.5 yards receiving. So that's going to be my first play, A.J. Brown over 69.5 receiving. To put it very simply, A.J. Brown is a big, beastly physical receivers. The last two big, beastly physical receivers that the 49ers have played against were D.K. Metcalf, who went for 10 catches, 136 and two touchdowns, and Devontae Adams, who went for seven catches, 153 and two touchdowns. Those are both good games, sir. That's uh, those are receivers having good games of football. The as we as we discussed earlier, uh, the Eagles have enough weapons that you're not going to be able to just double team him, right? Like you're not going to be able to scheme a defense that takes him out of the game. And fuck, man, even if you try, like he's big enough that it's not going to matter. Like I don't know. The, the, the nice thing about the way that I look at this is you you just need like. One big jump ball and you're almost home, which the Eagles do routinely. They do throw a lot of those up. So, A.J. Brown over 69 and a half receiving yards. I like that bet. Uh, I actually also have a receiver prop as my other bet in this game. Uh, I have Devonta Smith over five and a half receptions. Okay. I like Devonta Smith to catch a good amount of balls this game. I uh, I would have I would have taken this at over six and a half even. I would I would have thought at least seven catches in this game. So I, I when I saw it at five and a half, uh, I was pretty thrilled. Seemed like as good a prop as any to jump into this game with. It's a very achievable number, especially in a game where I, like I said, I think it's a decent amount of points on the board. So 
that should be an easy number of catches that he might be home at halftime or by the end of the third quarter with. What's the number? Five and a half receptions. Well, he's had over that in four straight games. Yeah, that makes sense. He gets the ball a lot. In the three games prior to that, he had exactly five. Yeah. I, I think this one's easy money. This one, when I, I looked at a lot of different uh, props in this game, and this was like the first one that I instantly was smitten with. I was a smitten kitten. <laughs> Meow. God damn it. I'm going to go pretty simple here. Uh, Eagles minus two and a half. Ooh. You got Philly winning this one, do you? Eagles minus two and a half. I think Philly wins. So here's a, a couple a couple interesting trends for you. Rookie quarterbacks are 0-6 in their last six conference championships. That's even harder when you go on the road. As impressive as the start of Brock Purdy's career has been, he's only had to play two road games, which is weird the way that the, the 49ers schedule broke down, that they had so many late home games. But That is bizarre. That's the case. Um, one of those games was at Las Vegas in a game that was chock full of 49ers fans. You and I talked about this years ago, right when they announced that the Raiders were going to move to Las Vegas. And I said that that's got to be the worst place to go if you want home field advantage. Oh, for sure. By a mile. Because yeah. anybody in their right mind that is looking to take a road trip to go see their team play a football game is going to pick that as the place they're going to go. Oh, I fully intend to go see the Lions play in Vegas, whatever year that line's up next. Uh, well, the Giants play in Vegas this coming year. <laughs> nice. So keep that idea in mind. Uh, the other one was at Seattle, which... Listen, I know that Seattle at one point had the 12th man. They had a ridiculous amount of home field advantage. They don't have that anymore. And even if you ignore that, their defense is atrocious. So I don't think going on the road in a very hostile Philly environment to play a very good defense is anything like going on the road to play the Seahawks. One could say it might be more adjacent to Daniel Jones going into Minnesota and demolishing that defense. You could make that argument that beating Seattle on the road is comparable. I would say that's extremely comparable. I, w I would say that, in fact, uh, the Vikings and the Seahawks are probably pretty similar teams of, in terms of overall quality. They very much are, even in terms of what they're good at and what they do well and what they aren't good at and what they do poorly. Yeah. Furthermore, in his career, in college, I'm sorry, in his college career, uh, Brock Purdy, 19-4 and four at home. 11 and 13 on the road. Ooh. Two and eight on the road against ranked teams. Ay. So none of these things line up well. <laughs> for the Purd dog? For the 49ers going into a game where I, I don't know how significant these things are, and I don't really like speculating about injuries too much, but uh, McCaffrey, Debo, and Elijah Williams are all banged up. And have not been practicing. Maybe that's precautionary. Maybe it's not a big deal. But it's it's worse than them being healthy. I can I can guarantee you that much, right? Ten four, buddy. Uh, in addition, this is an interesting one. <laughs> Teams in the playoffs that are riding a win streak of ten or more games, 
are four and thirteen against the spread in the last twenty years. Wow. Two of those four wins are San Fran this year. Jeez. So it was two and thirteen against the spread in the last twenty years prior to that. And that's I don't know how much I read into that stat. I just kinda like breaking out stats once in a while. I know you do, buddy. I like I like when you go deep on a stats run. But I mean, there is a trend there that exists for one reason, and I don't know that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy that breaks that three games in a row. I like I like the San Fran team. I picked them to win the Super Bowl at our midseason bold predictions episode. You did. I'm not even really particularly hating on Brock Purdy, but I don't know. I, I, this is it's just a bad spot, man. It's a tough place. It's a tough place. It's a tough place for sure. Um, true or false? Philly is the most hostile environment for a road team in the NFL. Right now? Maybe not in this order. I would say Philly, Cleveland, and Kansas City are the hardest places to play a football game for a road team. I'm trying to think of any uh, counters I would have. Seattle years ago was up there. Seattle once upon a time, and will be again. Like Seattle will reach a point again where Um, once the team's sweet enough, then that crowd will get... Hostile enough again. I would say New Orleans years ago. Like uh, like peak Drew Brees years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. But that one's a stadium. That one's a stadium. So I, I, I disqualify anywhere that you don't also maybe have to deal with the weather. Isn't that a roof to stadium? Well, yeah. But I suppose I was only discussing... No, that's fair. We were, we were more specifically talking about the hostility yeah. of fans. I don't know that I, I really consider I, weather because both teams are playing in the same weather. That's fair. It doesn't stop snowing when Philly gets the ball. Yeah, but some teams, you know. This is like people that argue that like there's some advantage to like the Yankees having a short porch in right field. And I'm like, well, the other team hits in the same fucking stadium. Like right. They don't go across the road and bat somewhere else. No, no, I, I hear you there. I, I would. The only thing I think in that regard is... When you're a team that's more used to that inclement weather because you play in it more frequently. Like that the Bills? Changes slightly. Yeah, I've, great counter. I, <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's a universal truth. I'm, you know, it's just a, a something that's in, it's interesting to me more than anything. But, no, I, I think Philly's the most hostile environment in the NFL right now. And, yeah, there's going to be a really tough time for San Francisco. That's my side. Nice. Let's, uh, let's slide over to the other game now. We both made uh, two picks in this game. Let's talk about the AFC Championship. Burroughs 3-0 against the Chiefs, as the media loves hailing about, and it is very interesting. But things like this, to me, always feel like they're bound to break the other way. Like, hot streaks come to an end. That's how it goes. But, with the Mahomes high ankle sprain, I, I like the Bengals to win this game a lot with that. I, I uh, Not banged up Mahomes... I would have gone with the Chiefs, but that sways me the other way here. So so I took the Bengals with the points. I took the plus one and a half because the money line was literally just minus 105 anyway. I'm like, That's, what's the fucking point? I might as well take the single point. I Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. Not, not I'm not saying I agree with the pick, but I agree with taking the point and a half. I don't have a strong take on who wins this game. I don't... Uh, I'm looking forward to it being an exciting game. I, I, I very, very much, I very much lead toward the over in this game. 
And I was kind of thinking that you might go that direction rather than the other game. The total is only 48 points. Their last three games have gone over this by a vast margin. Like, easily over. And I guess kind of to, to play into what I was saying earlier, I mean, let's, let's, say, let's say Mahomes does tweak his ankle and has to leave the game. The Chiefs aren't going to slow down their offense. They're going to keep doing what they do, just like they did last game, right? I think that getting over 48 points is very attainable, and I think that this line has dropped way too much as a result of Mahomes' ankle because it's opened at 52. That is a steep drop. And it's bizarre because there's like a reverse correlation between the direction that the, the spread is moving and the total. The spread has also moved four points. But it opened at Bengals minus two and a half, and now it's Bengals plus one and a half. So, if the, if if all the betting money is coming in on the Chiefs because people think that Mahomes is going to be healthy, then why is the total going down? That is weird. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I understand how that works. Yeah. No. I I would definitely assume the opposite correlation. I would I would have thought that the line would sway more towards Cincy. And that the point total would drop. Not Unless the, the assumption point total is just would drop, and the point total would swing I, more towards KC. That's weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It, that seems like a backwards <laughs> connection. So I, I would go over forty-eight points. Um, for what it's worth, I would almost be inclined to bet the Bengals second half line, like no matter what it is, <laughs> just because the Bengals do such a good job of adjusting at halftime, and if they are losing. They very much have the ability to come back. I mean, with all the weapons on offense, this is a, a team that, even though they don't really open up the offense all game long like Kansas City does, they can when they need to. And if they are winning handily at halftime, then you're going to get a line that's like Bengals plus – the Bengals were plus seven in the second half against Buffalo, and they won the second half outright. So if this is if the, if that's the scenario, it's if they're up by a good bit at halftime, it's probably because Mahomes is playing like shit. All that tracks. Um, that's not an unofficial play, but it's something I would I would put it on your radar, right? On the radar, noted, and very interesting indeed. You got a prop in this game. I'd be propping. All right, I can prop out there. Prop something. Uh, this one's actually a steep prop, but uh, <laughs> first touchdown, Jamar plus 700. Jamar Chase plus 700 to score the first touchdown of the game. There's a dude somewhere, um, this got a lot of Twitter action, deservedly so, but there was a guy that bet uh, first touchdown in all four games in the divisional round, risked $5. How much do you think he won? He won. Uh, I'm gonna guess he won two thousand. I think it was seventy-two thousand. Holy shit! It was seventy something. It was over seventy thousand dollars. Oh, is this the guy that like paid off his student loans with a parlay? I I, I saw a link to yeah, something like that and didn't click it. It's so I'm gonna be. guess that. It has yeah, to be. yeah, because I know he was like a young dude. I think yeah. in I didn't click it, but I was like, oh, that's my, that's my wet dream right there. Just like being done with my student loans in a blink because I hit on a sweet parlay. Yeah, I think that's him. Hopefully he didn't have $70,000 in student loans because then he's not going to be able to pay his taxes. Smart. <laughs> Good call. Got to pay them taxes. No, I'm fucking around. That, that was pretty – I'll tell you what, a couple of different things. It, it, it's amazing to see anybody do that. And he posted a reaction 
And uh, it was just like him and a couple of buddies like chilling in their their apart house or apartment or whatever. And like seeing everybody go bonkers was I don't know. It was fun to see. It's the kind of thing that you're like, man, that'd be sweet to be a part of. Even if it's yeah. not me, it would just be cool. To, hell yeah, hyping you know up I mean? with your buddies. Hell yeah. Well, because you know, at the very least, like beer and pizzas on your buddy that night. Your buddy hit seventy k on a parlay. He's buying the pizza that pizza night. Pizza and sure. beer. Yeah. And I love free <laughs> shit with my buddies. That's a great time. So you know. I'd feel like a winner myself if I just got some free pizza off my buddy hitting 70K. That's a big win for your boy D's over here. Yeah, I like the plus 700. It was him and three other players all at plus 700, and then another like three players at plus plus 1,000. But yeah, I was actually, yeah, that's what I was between Kelsey and Chase on this. And I was like, give me Chase. Give me Chase. Yeah, that's that's my prop in this game. Bit more of a lofty prop, but a fun prop. I'm gonna go Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions. This like is a little a bit. Yeah. It's a little bit juiced up. It's minus forty five. If you want even money, you could go to like over seven and a half, which I I wouldn't necessarily object to. For the sake of this recording, I'm just gonna stick with the over six and a half at minus one forty five. I think to me this is just gonna be a product of the Chiefs doing what they do well, and I think that if Holmes is limited in terms of maneuverability. That's just going to have him getting rid of the ball faster, which is going to be even more targets to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I see a game script that definitely calls for a lot of Jarek McKinnon and Travis Kelsey receptions in this game. For shizzle. Both those guys are getting a lot of three-yard, five-yard grabs. I can't find a line on this anywhere, and it's not surprising. But uh, I would be happy to parlay the Kelsey over six and a half receptions with whatever with Mahomes under whatever his rushing yards is, which is going to be low. I bet you it'll be like 20. Yeah, I don't remember what the number was. I did there isn't one. It. I can't find one anywhere. Oh, I, uh, I, I looked at like all the props. I, I don't remember. I must not have seen it then. I don't, I mean, I don't see one for him anywhere. I went to four different places. <laughs> well, I believe you. Uh, but that being said, that would mitigate some of the minus 145 on Kelsey and turn it into probably plus 180 or so. Right on. Right on. That's an angle I enjoy. That's an angle Big Nick likes. And that's the two conference championship football games that we've got locked in this weekend. So uh, give me your – so you said – Do you, you have th- a parlay? You think, Did you, you parlay th- anything? I didn't parlay anything. I could – I. I thought about trying to parlay the Chase plus 700 with something else just to make it extra juicy. Let's do this. In honor of the guy that we were just discussing, let's parlay... Tamar Hamlin clone? Oh, god damn. Yeah. Let's parlay the the Hamlin and Dolly are both clones. Dolly's a safe bet. We, we're pretty much sure. Yeah, we're slam dunk home there. Let's do a, a Jamar Chase first touchdown, and then I'm going to pick a first touchdown in the other game. Love it. And I'm going to pick – I was expecting higher money on this. I wanted to do Dallas Goddard, but he's only plus 1,100. So maybe I shouldn't say plus 1,100, but – I mean, that's still pretty good. It's not It's not as good – I would have hoped like plus 14 to plus 1,500 personally. That takes you to – just to stick with uh, with our guy that did that, – that takes you to 101 to 1. Yeah, fuck yeah, so sweet. 100 bucks would win you 10 Gs. Nice. If you want to do A.J. Brown, who I've already said I thought. Let's just do A.J. Brown because I said I thought he was going to have a big-ass game already, right? That would be 75 and a half to one. Yeah, I dig that too. 100 bucks to win 7,500. 
Hell yeah. Sweet. So we'll count that as our parlay. That's our parlay. 75 and a half to one. Yeah. Anything's possible out here. <laughs> like Kevin Garnett. Let's talk DFS. We got a... This is... I had a really hard time building this DFS. When it's down to four teams like this, it gets real tricky. It's mainly because the price tags get so weird. Like, the pricing gaps when you're like, oh, the top two receivers are like 7,800, 7,600, and then the next one down is 6,300, then the next two down are 5,500. It's like hard to uh, get the structure just right when there's all these big gaps in, in price and quality. It makes it hard... It makes it hard to be contrarian, too. Like, you know, a big thing for me is trying to build lineups that I don't think I'm going to be sharing with 35 other people, right? But, well, obviously, because there's only two fucking games, like, I understand that's part of it. But, like, here, do you have do you have yours pulled up right now? I do. Okay. So look at the difference between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, well, I don't have it pulled up on my – I have it written down, so I don't have other price okay. tags available outside of what I picked. Um. But it was like two grand. I, I remember this. So T. Higgins was in the five K, was in the fives, and Jamar Chase was seventy six hundred. So Chase is the most expensive receiver on the slate at seventy six hundred. T. Higgins is fifty four hundred. It's twenty two hundred dollars difference. Like you're not telling me that that makes you. Aren't you more inclined to think everyone is going to put T. Higgins on their roster? Like, don't you feel like as weird as this sounds, the contrarian thing to do is to is to take Chase? Yeah, I mean, I had well. I made a Burrow stack, so I had to take Chase. Like, it's a no, if I'm if you're playing Burrow, you got to play Chase. You just have to fucking do it. That's it. Just I don't know, man. Like, can you make an argument against that? Especially well, with like the limited amount of guys left. If you're playing Burrow, I feel like you have to make the Chase stack. I can make an argument against it, and it's it's going to revolve around what what I said to you in pre-production when I said that I think there's only two ways of looking at, at building a lineup this week and it's whether or not you use Kelsey. Go on. I'm like, going to let you go on with yours first then. So let's, well, to answer your question about a burrow stack, I think if you use Kelsey at 7,800, then the, the pivot is to leave chase off your lineup and do burrow Higgins and Tyler Boyd because Tyler Boyd's only 3,800. So that's how or why, maybe it's a better question, I guess. If the question is why would you do a Burrow stack without Chase, that's why. It's because it lets you put Kelsey in your lineup. What if I told you one could do a Chase and Burrow stack and get Kelsey? Oh, well, just bring it then. In that case, I want to hear it. Oh, yeah. Now that, so this is one of the weirder ones I've built this season, and it really relies on a couple different out-of-left-field plays to, to pay off. So it starts with Cincinnati defense. It's the cheapest defense of the four left, 2,300 in hopes that Mahomes turns yeah, yeah. the ball over a couple times on a hobbled ankle. That, that's all this play is. Because the next defense up was another 500 or so more expensive. I don't remember the exact price difference. But taking Cincy here at 2,300 gives you extra wiggle room. So then I make the Burrow and Chase stack. Burrow, 6,800. Jamar Chase, 7,600. Um, and then you hit a couple of running backs, uh, Miles Sanders, 5,200 and okay. Samaji Perrine at 4,500. Uh, this is in the, the Samaji has, he's been getting touches still. He's been involved with the offense. It hasn't been a one headed, uh, show with Mixon alone. Sure. He's been in the mix. And if something weird happens and since he does get to a comfortable lead, 
he's going to get even more touches so they can get Mix and some rest uh, in the game there. That one I doubt happens, just of note, is possible. Uh, then I went to Vonta Smith, 6,800. Uh, love the amount of touches high. I feel like he's going to get. High pri- high on Devonta Smith. No, not not the price. I'm saying you are high on Devonta Smith. I mean, I wanted to go the other I wanted to get AJ here, but I was just short of pulling it off with getting Kelsey. So I, I was willing to settle with Devonta just fine. And then Tyler Boyd, 3,800. That part, you, that part of mine you had. You know, 3,800 and it stacks with your quarterback is hard to pass on. Especially a guy that's a deep ball nightmare like he is. Like, Boyd could come up with one monster play in this game and you strike gold on 3,800. And then Kelsey and Kittle to round out. Kelsey you, at 78. Did you do this Kittle last Kittle at 52. Th- you I did, did this it last week. Two weeks in a row of the double tight end stack him up. Okay. So, yeah, the Cincy defense and the Cincy defense and Tyler Boyd were the big two things that helped me afford getting Chase and Kelsey. So we talked a little bit last week about how when you get to a, a, a small slate of games, the, the way that I like to do it is I, I like to, to theorize how the games evolve and then build a lineup that fits what I view happening, right? So I don't have any 49ers in my lineup. Interesting. Yeah, I only have Kittle. I have no others. So I don't have any 49ers, and I have a, a pretty isolated number of Eagles. So fitting – my prop play of A.J. Brown, I've got Hurts, I've got A.J. Brown, and I've got the Eagles D. So the, the, the model in my head is that Philly just shits on San Fran and then all of their running backs see the ball, right? I mean, last week, Kenneth Gainwell had like 11 carries. Miles Sanders had 17 carries. Like, they were really distributing the ball amongst all their backs, yeah, right? Boston Scott got a few. That guy scored another touchdown against the Giants. That guy scored a t- fucking touchdown against every time they played the Giants. He scored a touchdown. That's so fucking weird. Those what are- is this stat? <laughs> Boston Scott, the G-Men's nemesis. God. So, yeah. So, Hurts, A.J. Brown, and the Eagles. Nobody else in that game, right? So, and obviously this plays into what I, I said about how I think the, the Bengals-Chiefs game is going to be a shootout, right? So, I I did get Kelsey in the lineup. Uh, and then I've got the, the two backs from each team, Mixon and McKinnon. I got Higgins and Boyd in the lineup, along with the money I had to save somewhere was a $3,700 Kadarius Tony, who's actually scored 10 points or more in three straight games at only 3700 yeah, no, I, I've, I, I had Kadarius Tony in one of the versions of this, in fact. He's one of the guys, he's one of a handful that filtered in and out of this thing a couple times as I was trying to find a way to fit my Kelsey Kittle stack in. Not even a sack, because they're not related to each other in terms of games, but it just, my double tight Your end duo. sandwich, my duo that I like. Yeah. Uh, I went through a few different iterations before I finally f- cracked the code, as I declared to Nick earlier, in <laughs> fact. But, uh, yeah, Kadarius Tony was involved. MVS was involved at one point. Uh, yeah, a handful of Chiefs filtered their way in and out of this thing, in fact. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was involved at a point. So, yeah, so Tony and Boyd combine for only 7,500. They're 3,700 and 3,800, respectively. Kelsey's 7,800. <laughs> so those two receivers actually cost less than Kelsey. But that's how you get him in, to, to me, right, outside of doing the burrow without Jamar Chase, which I actually I did that without Burrow. I still have Higgins and Boyd. 
No, I like what you did there. The the Philly the Philly sandwich is good. A uh, bunch of hot weapons from other games. A couple dirt cheap plays to fit it all in. Which defense did you go with again? Philly. Well, with the Philly D. That's right. So that's right. it. Yeah, so yeah. just just uh, Eagles dominant, but isolated. So Hurts, Brown, Eagles D, and then three Chiefs, three Bengals. Nice. I still have four hundred dollars left, but I don't want to mess. I, I like what you I like, like what how you we got? had this. Yeah. We've talked about this before. No one should ever feel like they need to spend every dime. If you've got a, if you've got like more than six hundred left, maybe you should look at evaluating your thing slightly. But like three, four hundred dollars on the table. If you feel good with what you built, feel good with what you built. Well, like, and I think there's there's less and less and less reason to start messing with it once you get to fewer and fewer games, right? Well, like, yeah, on a full slate, this is where I'm starting to think. If I've got four hundred or six hundred bucks, I'm like, maybe there's a defense I like more. That's that's kind of where where I I, I sure. navigate, right? Yeah. Now, nah, man, dig these plays. Now let's talk about this NFL.com challenge. You've got to be feeling pretty good with your full. Full roster at Full uh, roster at triple times scoring three so this week, far. Um, I've had some consideration in swapping out a San Fran player or two for an Eagle in case this uh, goes. Because I, I, too, am skewing more and more towards feeling like the Eagles are going to win this game. I don't think you can do that. I think even if you think the Eagles win, I don't think you can do that. From a strategic standpoint, I don't think that makes sense. I, I agree with you. That's that's why I didn't end up doing it. I left the roster completely as is, which is currently getting a full triple multiplier across the board. So we've got Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, George Kittle, Robbie Gould, and the San Fran defense this weekend, all at a triple multiplier. If you don't recall how this thing works... You started at the beginning of the playoffs. You pick your guys. There's no salary restrictions. You can have any guy you want to. And every week that you play a player consecutively, they gain another multiplier. So they go the first week times one, second week times two, third week times three. If you get all the way to the Super Bowl with your guy, times four. This is the NFL.com playoff challenge. Yep, It's a free-to-play thing that we started doing at the beginning here. It's been interesting to watch. And I want to play a guessing game with what Nick's doing. He had a few guys lose last week. And I, I think I know about the direction that Big Nick's going to head. So give me the rest of your lineup minus the gaps that you lost with last week. So here's what's carrying over. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Travis Kelsey, Robbie Gould. Those guys are all carrying over. And you have triple multipliers on all of those guys, correct? No. Debo was only two. Okay. That was initially Debo last week. That was initially Chris Godwin. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that now. Yep. All right. So you're at Debo times two. Those other players times three. So So you have a quarterback, a running back, and a, a receiver wide and a defense. What I lost to this past week was Josh Allen, Saquon Barkley, Stefan Diggs, and the Bills defense, who uh scored two points with a two X multiplier. So they scored one point. One point. Not ideal. This many. So my original guess coming into this recording was that you were gonna get go out and snag Mahomes to pair with your Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm ho- holding all in on that guess because part of me thinks you might jump with the way you talked about it. Part of me feels like you went and got Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown. Um, and then. Defense, I think you slid over to the Eagles' defense. Running back is the trickier one for me to guess what you filled in with. Um, 
maybe this is where maybe this is where you get in the Cincy action a little you don't like Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's not a you guy. I don't see you going Joe Mixon at all. You see in my DFS lineup. He is a new DFS, but um screw it. I'll guess Joe Mixon, just because I want to find out. I but my my other coming into today, I thought it was gonna be more of like you were gonna go Mahomes to join Kelsey. <clears throat> AJ Brown would have been my guess at receiver either way. And maybe Jarek McKinnon to join Kelsey and Mahomes and Eagles defense still. So you well, you 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 knocked the first three out of the park. I, I have Hertz, I have Brown, I have the Eagles. And I did take McKinnon. There it is. Yep. <clears throat> nice. But I mean, for all realistic purposes, my chances of winning something are in the drain. Yeah, you're not going to have that many multipliers sitting in the final <laughs> week. It is weird, though, because I was looking. So, like, the leaderboard through two weeks definitely has a fair amount of people that aren't going to have max multipliers on that many guys by the end. Oh, so, like, you're going to start seeing some crazy. The tumultuous out. thing happens this week, I think. I think this is the week that the people that have most of to all of their guys in, like myself still catapult up because i'm i'm in like the hundred and eighteen thousand range in terms of rank in this thing like i'm not ranked terribly high i am in but i have full multipliers seventy six thousand i so, wasn't 17 after week one how many people are in this goddamn thing i have no idea <clears throat> so i am uh my overall score is 370 points i am 17,233rd i'm so i'm higher than i thought 17,233rd with 370 points through two weeks. I actually misspoke as well, and I bet you and I did the same thing. I, I'm actually in I'm in 29,000, but what I looked at was that my week two score was in the 76,000 range. So my total is 29,000. Yeah, my week two score was in the 19,000 range, but everyone's alive for me. So there's a week that I think I catapult up the rankings pretty yeah. good with having all my guys at triples. For, the, then, for the record, my entry is on Nick's picks, which I don't think I chose. I think it just put that in for me. But the guy that's in first place is Nico's picks. Oh, Nico. But he had, like, Nico had, like, Debo, or had, uh, what's his name, CeeDee Lamb. CD I know Lamb. that. Like a lot God, of, how do you remember this? Yeah, I see. I Lamb. just looked at it a couple days ago. That's why. I remember a lot of the people towards the top had CD Lamb, so those people are instantly going to be dropping out some now that they're getting a times one receiver to replace that slot. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch the rest of this thing shake out. It's been a fun little free side pool thing to be playing in. Looking forward to updating you guys as we finish it out these last couple weeks. Good luck to you. Yeah, good luck dunk. if you got in there as well. Uh, let us know on Twitter what your lineups are like. If you've got a bunch of triple multipliers hanging around like me, let me know how you did it. We want to know your builds out there. Shoot us up on Twitter. Shoot us up is not an expression used in the internet, I don't think. Shoot us up? Yeah. Yep, that's what I said. I don't think that's an inter- I don't think that's internet lingo. I uh <laughs> Speaking of bad lingo, I was sitting at the bar the other day and a guy wanted a, a refill of his diet Pepsi. And he looks at the bartender and says, "Can you set me up with another DP?" And I was like, "Dude, that didn't that didn't come out right, man. Yeah. yeah. And set me up with another DP. The first one was so filling. Look, people. You see what I, yeah. you see what I did there? I, I do. Very filling. Set me up. 
<laughs> Set me up with another DP. It's even like even if you ignore the DP, like the 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 request to to have the the person set him up is another good way of putting it. Set me up with another DP. Yeah, across the board, an interesting sentence for sure from uh, from every angle. Anyone? Take us home. Take us home, Dees. I'm 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 spent, man. I got spent, nothing else. Yeah, right, I had too well, much diet Pepsi. I'm spent. He too much. He DP'd himself too aggressively. Jesus. And uh, so let me tell you more about Good Fun Media. The network that we here at D2B2 Sports are a part of. We, of course, drop this bad boy every Friday. Keep your eyes peeled in the upcoming post-football season as we transition into other sports, as we get weirder and weirder with sides almost sports-related more than directly sports-addressing topics. Uh, It's just going to get crazier and crazier around here at D2B2. Uh, Also check out Morons of the Multiverse every Wednesday. Drop in Marvel Cinematic Universe fandom topics, ranging from ranking our villains to talking about the amazingness and not amazingness of Phase 4, talking about the future. Uh, we're going to be talking Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania when that drops in a couple weeks. All that shit should be fun. And after the laugh track, our sitcom fandom podcast every Thursday, talking about our favorite topics in sitcom, ranging from favorite weddings to favorite pets, to deep talk about individual series. Uh, We just dropped this past week our Parks and Recreation talk, an hour and a half of Eric and I chopping it up about Parks and Rec, one of, if not my favorite show of all time. So get down on that if you want to check it out. Like, follow, subscribe, all those. Find us on Twitter, at D2B2Sports. Will there be an episode involving pet weddings? Oh, man, I uh, I wish there was more sitcom pet weddings to make that a possibility. Are there any pet weddings? I do feel like there is one. I've, I feel like I've seen a pet wedding on television before. Oh, well, so this isn't a pet wedding. It's a zoo animal wedding. But there is the gay penguin wedding on Parks and Rec Season 2, Episode 1, nice. in fact. Yeah, nice. Yeah, a couple gay penguins get married. A uh, couple conservative pricks make Leslie want to uh, try to make Leslie uh, annul the wedding. She says no. She fights the system. I can't. And the gay wedding stays intact. Those two penguins get to live out their happiest life together. Adorable stuff. Because they're penguins. It's adorable. So, uh, yeah, check us out on the interwebs. Like, follow, subscribe to the page here. Uh, hit some comments if you feel like it. You know, we, uh, we'd like to hear from you on whatever angle and whatever way you want to be heard from. Nick, what do you think about ending the show? How, how do you feel about that? Do, do we feel pretty good about just being like, it's over now? We did it. We ended it. It's over? I think uh, hit the button. Hit Can the it. button? Yeah. Nice. Can Shoot them up. Uh, as, as I said last week, and I think I'm going to stick with for a while, you stay classy, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, and giggle and gamble with us. Arr. And I've just finished taking my first shit of the morning. Dave, back to you. I do declare. Blink, blink. Pluck the muck duck. Who's the bottom, who's the middle, and who's the top in the Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, Will Smith threesome? Can you set me up with another DP?
that's my wet dream right there. We got unlimited wool now. Like that, I don't know, he just like went to a garage sale and found a book that said how to play running back in the NFL. And he was like, oh, look, I've got a dollar fifty in my pocket. Maybe I should buy this. And now I'm a fucking Pro Bowl running back again. Ours are very menacing letters. Scottish boys use underwear. Over the clothes stuff. I would woof morning wood at this guy every single day. these eggs you want them if you travel back in time don't bang your mom bojack horse mom Make sure to give the double flush next time. It is smelling bad out here. Thanks. Chuck, back to you. Thanks, Tom. 